The Boston Celtics advanced to the second round. It was a wild back and forth game right up until a decisive finish by the Celts to close out the series. Wow, what a game. Let's get right into it next on First of the Floor. Who is going to be first to the floor here? And it was Marcus Smart as he usually is. Welcome in to another episode of First of the Floor. Ben Vallis here. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well, which, come on, I mean, how can you not be doing well after that series of events? Jake Eisenberg, how you doing, oh, man? How about oh, that game? Oh, oh, yes. oh, we're doing good. Yes. We're doing good. To quote the great Jason Tatum, Apologies to Janet Jackson. We should have wrapped that up with Boston. Are we, we put on a show. The boys put on a show. Jalen, Jason, Marcus down the stretch. Mm-hmm. That's what we needed. That's what we wanted. We were calling for it. Oh, we God, got it. We were. And if you weren't in our playback stream for that game, which if you're not one of 10 people who were there, then you, you weren't. Uh, but incredible, incredible <laughs> vibes down the stretch because this was anyone's game right up until the last... Four, five minutes of the fourth quarter. Nine lead lead changes in this one. The Hawks went up five in the third quarter, uh, causing much anxiety um, across the Celtics fan base. Talk about closing out a series, though, to to finish up that game. Jake, I have exactly zero notes for this one. I I sat down. I tried to prepare. I couldn't lower my heart rate. I couldn't prep. So, like, let's just just do this. What are your your main takeaways from this game? So, the last two days was tough for for i think a lot of celtics fans it's a good place to start yeah like there was a lot of referendums on jason tatum um a lot like what is it about this team when they need to win they do when they should win they lose Mm -hmm. but for whatever reason when their back is against the wall, they make the plays. Jason Tatum had like one of the cleanest games you can see. Like 30, 14, seven assists, steal, two blocks, zero turnovers. Mm-hmm. And like That's in the insane. first half, like in the first half, we were screaming, like, don't take these pull-ups. We were free, like we were carrying our angst from the last game into this game. But the reality was he had like 16, 5, and 2 in the first half. And it was it was a brilliant first half. The defense that he was playing from start to finish in this game was elite. Absolutely elite. It was it was a captain's knock, is yeah. what we call it in, in this right. particular instance. This is Steve Waugh in the in the 99 <laughs> World Cup final, which is a reach, I know. But you know, I'm sure everyone should understand that reference. This, this is the captain like padding up, walking out to the middle, and just like getting it done for his team. And um, you know, shades of we've seen several captains knocks from from Tatum throughout his his young career so far. Uh, in the bubble in the conference finals against the Raptors, uh, I think it was game two. He had a classic captain's knock, just like a padded out stat line. Game six against the the Bucks last year, obviously classic Tatum captain's knock. And then in this one, and just to to punctuate it with the zero turnovers, like to add to the flawlessness yeah, of it. Not totally flawless. Like earlier in the game, there were a couple of like, let's see if I can get myself going. You know, quote unquote boneheaded three. Oh, not quote unquote. Like they, they were kind of boneheaded. But, you know, ultimately, and now in hindsight, looking back, a near perfect game uh, for Jason Tatum. In this one, 
Both teams scored at least 30 points in every quarter, except for the fourth. 30 points for the Celtics, 20 for the Hawks. The Celtics just locked in defensively. What did you notice in terms of the difference defensively for the Celtics in the fourth quarter compared to the rest of the game? Was it just the Hawks like not hitting shit because they were hitting I don't know, crazy man. shit all game, or was it I something honestly, the Celtics yeah. actually did? I honestly don't know. Like, obviously, <laughs> we're in the wake of that, and like, what were they doing? Um, the, the the shit that the Hawks were hitting for the last week. Whether it was Bogdanovich from the logo, John Collins hasn't made a shot in like 18 months. And the last two <laughs> games, he's shooting 50% from three. Like some of the floaters that were just like bouncing, tink, 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 and then dropping in. Yeah. And then on the other end, not, the same thing's not happening. Like it just, it just felt like they stuck with it. That's what I think my biggest takeaway was, is that they kept sticking with it. They didn't feel panicked. They just kept sticking with it. Tatum, man, he was everywhere, everywhere mm-hmm. on the boards. They could not get a rebound, it felt like, for half of this game. But, um, like, they, they eventually started corralling them. Joe's playing, like, musical chairs with the big man. Rob was a mess. Al was, a, like, he, he came good late. Grant, Grant came. Grant was huge. He was just like, what do we do at the big man spot? That was maybe the biggest story of the game was like coming into the series. We're like, we have, we finally have healthy rub and we've seen flashes of like why that was such a big deal. Mm -hmm. But the last two games, he was nowhere to be seen. Like how many, how many minutes did he end up even playing? He played 16 minutes and it wasn't because he was in foul trouble or because he was injured. It was because he was bad. Yeah. Yep. And so they just, that's what I'm like, Al, Marcus, Jason, Jalen. The fellas. Yeah, you guys. That's, that's what's needed. <laughs> it, was, but, it was pretty, but we yeah. got... Musical chairs with the bigs is right, though, man. And, like, thank God for Grant Williams, who could come in. He could switch. We saw quite a few minutes of Grant at the five. We got the one corner office knockdown under some duress. It wasn't, like, the most yeah. open shot that Big he's shot. had. He just gave us, he gave the game what it needed. And he gave us as fans, like, fuck me, dad, man. Like, that three, <laughs> at that point in time, like, we just needed that shit to, to calm our hearts and, and stop us all going into cardiac arrest. So, Grant was great. Yeah. Rob, yeah, just not a great, not a great Rob game in this one or the, or the previous game, unfortunately. And then Al Horford, seven rebounds in the fourth quarter. Like, yeah. had a pretty pretty terrible game. And then I, I, I suppose now's a good time for me to queue up the fourth quarter highlights so we can just talk about the, the stretch run there. But um, incredible fourth quarter from Al. He mentioned post-game. I don't know if you saw it, Jake, but um, some Hawks fan had been talking smack to him from the sidelines yeah. at around that juncture of the game and that apparently woke him up. I would like to think that, obviously, the need to fucking win the I game know, obviously right? woke him up as well. Uh, but it was incredible, you know, splashing those threes from the corner uh, he hit one where it was, you know, Jason Tatum hitting a cutting Marcus Smart, who then like dished it out to Horford, who splashed the three. Uh, and then the next one, I think it allowed, you know, the, the defender had to commit to, to Horford in the corner. So it allowed Marcus Smart to get to the rim. And then we saw another Al Horford corner three attempt on the same play. He missed. And then fucking Jason Tatum comes in for like all time, yeah. super significant putback slam to like basically end the series. Amazing, amazing stuff. What do you think of Horford and I guess the yeah. whole team overall down the stretch? Yeah. Like that tip, 
just quick, we'll get back to Tatum, but like this was why Tatum is a very distinct superstar. It's the everything. And like that often, and like in games like this where he does everything, he's just really good at everything. Anyway, mm-hmm. Al Horford, <laughs> so I got the quote. It's because I watched the video. He, the, the Atlanta Hawks fan talking trash to Al Horford. He said something I wasn't very pleased with. I appreciate him talking trash to me. Some people you can talk trash to, you talk trash to me, probably not good for you. Probably not going to end up good for you. Which is the most Al Horford quote. It's like the most polite <laughs> quote Measured. for someone talking about trash talk. But yeah, man, he was huge down the stretch and like they just needed someone from that spot to step up and for him to go two for three and those seven rebounds. He, he did it in um, game four, game four as well, where he had the 11 rebounds, a couple of offensive um, he's been clutch. And when we needed him to step up, he did. It, it was it was a tough matchup. Like this Trey Young dude, once he kind of became comfortable in game three, it was from then on, there was we could not we could not stop him. Mm-hmm. We could not stop him generating. I'm not sure if it was him or what. And but like this is the playoffs, man. Like right now, the, the like Miami Heat. We haven't even gotten to that yet. But like, a team could just get hot for a week. Like, remember how hot the Celtics shot for like ten weeks in the yeah. first like part of the season? Like historic. Like all it takes is a week. And we, whatever reason, we just could not. We could not stop them. Whether it was the matchup or what, but like. Al Hoffa did as best as he could. And like you, you zoom out just a little bit and like the Celtics played their best probably in this series with Al Horford on the court. And a lot of that had to do with like, you trust him when it comes to winning time. Yeah. And like, we probably got to go to Jalen Brown next as well. Cause like he was money again. Well, yeah, but just on the, on the idea of like teams getting hot, my mind was going to some dark places, Jake, <laughs> in the last couple of days. And like, they could just be this hot. Trey Young could just be this yeah. guy. And that could be it. Like, it's like as, as good as our defense is, as good as our and deep as our roster is, and the you know addition of competent Derek Wyatt and and Malcolm Brogdon, Trey Young could just get shit hot, kind of like Jimmy Butler did against the Heat, and that could be it for us. And thankfully, thank God that was not the case. Um, and we'll probably yeah, in the get- first half he was eight for fifteen, four from eight from three, five for five from the line, twenty five points. He was on pace for a Jimmy Butler game. He was on pace for 50 and we were like, holy shit. This is yeah. why we, we had come to the who the fuck knows part of the series, game six and seven. And we felt very much like that at that point. And it was at that point. But Well, yeah. Not. And then the second half for Trey Young, yeah. one of 13 from the floor, yeah. five points. And you know, we were already giving Al Horford his flowers, but obviously Al's being put yeah. in, you know, playing him in drop coverage. The the Hawks were hunting him consistently and cooking him for the most part, but Al absolutely stepped up. And I know we did some different things, like we put different assignments on um, the the role man to try and get Al out of out of um, a tough position there defensively. But for the most part, it was just Al like stepping up, playoff Al and holding his yeah. own down the stretch. Yeah, let's take it. Let's talk about Jalen Brown. I really just want to run through the sequence here. The, the end of fourth quarter sequence, right? It starts with Jalen Brown. Big balls, three. Big fucking yeah. huge testicular Oh, the late, the late shot clock, rainbow three, yeah. T- ties the game with four minutes, 50 remaining. 
Next play, Tatum on the wing, smart cuts. We've sort of covered some of this already. Tatum feeds him, kick to Horford, corner three, hits it, goes up six. Next play, Tatum, step back three. We've been booing that that look, that attempt all huge. night. But in the moment, huge three. We go up six, I think. Yes. Next play, Tatum to a cutting smart again. Again, kicks to Horford, misses. Tatum, epic putback slam, which yeah. we talked about. DeJounte Murray up the other end hits a pretty clutch three off an inbounds play to cut it I back I couldn't to believe five. he hit that. And again, yeah. again. Wild. And then Marcus it, Smart hits yeah. a huge three down the other end. Uh, and from that end, it was... Uh, Pretty much it. Malcolm Brogdon, I want to give him his flowers. Had some pretty clutch floaters and, and drives to the rim to sort of like keep us in it early in the fourth quarter. Uh, but let's just swing back to, to Jalen Brown very quickly. We had just one of those classic games where both the Jays have, you know, 30 plus um, and we're, we're, we're in such winning fashion when that happens. What do you think of Jalen Brown overall in this one, Jake? Man, he is built for this. He is built for this. Like it should have been over last game. And Jalen, Jalen feels like he can kind of sense that moment at times. Jalen Brown last two games, averaging 33 points, 60% from the field, 63% from the line, from three-point line. And in classic Jalen Brown fashion, 50% from the line, 50% from the line. But if you're going to go 60 and 64, look, this, yeah, look, this Atlanta team, Eric Weiss in the chat, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I don't care what people want to say. Oh, you, it took the you, the Hawks took you to six. Whatever. This Hawks team can flat out score the ball, and like we'll get back to Jalen in a second. But like over the last four games, this includes today, forty two point nine percent from three, which leads the the playoffs. Any team, even the Heat, who were shot forty two point five percent. Yeah, just, the Hawks shot even better than the fucking Heat, who just took down the Bucks in five. The Celtics were able to sustain to sustain that and keep scoring and keep sticking with it. Um, and Jalen Brown was was like the the engine in Game Four and then Game Five, clutch over and over again. Like he, yeah, I mean, he, he had that moment right where he took the mask off, and at yeah. least as far as like zooming out and looking at the series, that was kind of the turning point for Jalen Brown. And yeah, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but looking, I mean, I suppose we can now, right? Like looking ahead yeah, we to can, this finally. series, which we are very much a part of, like Jalen Brown, like just his player archetype, his, you know, I say it all the time, physical dimensions. Like he is a huge advantage offensively in that series. And to see him have sort of having found himself and maybe overcome the, the cut on the hand or whatever that was yes. and, and getting used to, I guess, wearing the mask again and yeah, essentially just fighting himself again. That's really promising going into that series. So a great back end of the series from, from Jalen Brown. Like as painful and as emotionally tumultuous as <laughs> last game and this game was, you could easily spin this as a being a good thing. Sure. Like they now have been in the trenches. The only part of it that sort of worries is that Al Horford got extra miles because there's not really anyone else on this roster that I worry about being tired. And Al Horford still stepped up in the fourth quarter. But like this game, you're, the rumblings of a collapse are afoot. Mm -hmm. And the Bucks heat thing added to the atmosphere and the pressure like the Bucks going down to the Heat over the past few days, no added personally, 
added so much extra stress. Like yes. my other my other podcast buddies, other Celtics fans that I know, they were, were not nearly as freaked out as I was. But watching what Jimmy Butler did in game four and in game five had me completely rattled. Like all the objective analysis was out the window because all it takes again, like Che Young was on track, but like he stuck with it and he wasn't able to keep it going. But it's like, and, and like it's just it's just black magic wizardry sometimes in the playoffs. Like like some of the shit that Atlanta was hitting over and over again, whether it was Bogdanovich not missing a shot or these 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 roll in tip ins that the Celtics for whatever reason weren't getting the bounces of. To go through that as emotionally as a team to survive, and now it's a reset. There's no must-win games now for two games. If we lose, if we go down 0-2, no must-win until game three, and we're, and then we'll deal with it then. But now it's like a reset. <laughs> from, from my own like neurotic fandom you know, sensibilities, I would argue that you absolutely have to maintain home court advantage against the Sixers. <laughs> and so I would call no, games dude. one and two must win. You have to, have especially you, like have, his knee's only going to get better, right? Like uh, Embiid's knee's only going to improve, no, 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 no. I suppose. No, it's only going to get worse, Ben. Right. It's only okay. going to get worse. Okay. It's only going right. to get worse. The more he plays, it's only going to get worse. Have you learned nothing? This team needs to win <laughs> must wins on the road again today. Yeah. Game six against Milwaukee on the road. Game seven. In my- Eric Weiss had a, a classic Eric Weiss just distilling the whole thing perfectly <laughs> so we can all can understand it. But like Tatum in particular, but like the team broadly, but it's obviously it's all driven by Tatum for whatever reason can't smell blood in the water. It just has to be back against the wall. And again, today, it wasn't technically back against the wall must win, but it was because as soon as you go to game seven, it's like terrifying. But it's like, need it, got to have it on the road, tough environment. For whatever reason, Tatum steps up. You couldn't just do the easy thing. Couldn't just win the game after having up 12 at home, get a nice sleep. No, got to get on a plane. You got to deal with all the media calling you how many names. You got to inconvenience Janet Jackson. Janet well. Jackson. Janet Jackson fans. <laughs> but no, has one of like the cleanest 30.14, seven rebound, seven assists games. It's a classic. It's a classic notch on the belt Tatum game, which uh, we, now that it's happened, now that we can relax, like now I will go back in hindsight and like watch the highlights, watch the game and truly enjoy it. If you again, if you're in our playback stream, I can't say there were many true moments of enjoyment prior to no. like the final three minutes of the game. It was pretty, no. pretty terrible there for a little while. The vibes were were tense. Um, they were good, but they were they were tense. Good yes. but tense. And I feel like we did a lot, Jake, to to get the boys home in the end. We were talking about Pokemon Oof. and uh, wrestling entry songs during the Celtics free throws in order to not jinx anything. Correct. We had a, a pretty, I think, I want to say ninety percent success rate. With that method, so something to keep well, an eye on going forward. Yeah, I said let's check the free throw rate for the game because I think you know we did. You're right, we did a great job varying sixteen for seventeen. There you go. That's all us. You're welcome. All us because <laughs> we were locked in. Now look, we're all over the place here. The the, the yes, prep, correct. the notes are uh, a pretty skimp, but uh, a post game <laughs> quote from Jason Tatum on Joe Mazzulla. Quote: "He's been great all season, just managing personalities, managing games. His faith in us, our faith in him. I say it all the time. This is like a relationship. We're all on the same page. He always finds a way to maintain his poise." I mentioned earlier, Jake, that that Joe mentioned 
uh, part of the, the catalyst for the, the win and the success down the stretch is that they maintained their pace. They didn't go into, partially yes. because they didn't have the lead, they didn't go into prevent offense. They played with pace. And he didn't just talk about it being like frantic and, and um, you know, moving the ball quickly and getting up the court quickly. He talked about, about setting up quickly and, and getting into your sets quickly and, and things like that and getting back on, on transition defense quickly. Um, I, you know, I suppose there's been criticisms of Joe Mazzulla, rightfully so, especially in the last game throughout the series. Did this help sort of sway your confidence in Joe back in the right direction? I've been pretty consistent, I feel like, about Joe. I just don't think that there's maybe any coach in the NBA right now that I think of being like a true advantage outside of Eric Spolstra. I think, mm-hmm. I think unless you have like a, a, a detrimental coach, it's all pretty much a wash. Like Quinn Snyder, you know, people are going to say, what a look at what he did. But was it just like Trey Young got flummoxed by the Celtics defense in two games, got to watch some film, became comfortable at home, and he's that good of an offensive player that he kind of figured out what you can really do. And the Celtics personnel, it's like, what do you do? Well, they have to go over the screens. It's going to create certain spaces. If they switch it, I can cook anyone they have in switches. So it's like, and to be fair, maybe it's like we were calling for soft traps, which they did more of a little bit today. Yes. Which they did more of today. And and I thought like maybe, you know, Joe going to Blake, should he have gone to Grant instead of Blake down the stretch last game? I don't think that was the issue. I, that was all I, I put in that loss on Tatum, uh, 80% on Tatum, 15% on Smart, and 5% on Joe. The pace, as you said, maintained today. Was that because Joe just told, reminded them three times more about pace than he did in the last game, or was it because they just actually did it today? I, I refuse to believe it was like last game. He wasn't reminding them constantly to play faster. So, like, the coaching thing, I, I think it's like 90% players. Like, yeah, as good as Spolstra was, Jimmy had to fucking do what Jimmy did. Mm. But, like... You know, so I have equal equal amount of um, confidence, like the game-to-game strategic analysis. Like I trust Brad more than anyone else. I guarantee you that Brad's feeding into all these game plans and, and, and strategies. I'd be shocked if he's not. Like it's just the players on the court got to make the plays, and today they made them. Yeah, and the thing that we all seem to be sure of as a fan base, like the general consensus, is that like these guys, they are who they are. There's enough sample size in terms of like how they behave in certain crunch time situations that like we kind of need to expect to um, not expect a change in their behavior there. And you know, in this particular game, I, I don't think that really moves the needle at all. In that, yeah, they weren't playing from up. They weren't up ten. They weren't up twenty. They weren't up. Five. They were, they were playing from um, behind a little bit or even keel at, at, at the worst. And um, that really put them in a good position to, to play with that pace. So while that's good and a positive sign compared to recent late game situations, it's not, you know, it's not really showing us anything new because the end of game situation was different. Unfortunately, uh, that led to a, uh, a series ending victory. Thank God. I don't know <laughs> what, like, how I would have conducted myself in my daily life for the next two days if it went to seven. And then just the whole, like, is this going to be the last game of the Celtics series? Like, uh, season, rather. Like, I'm not ready for yeah. that. 
Anyway, that's a whole rabbit hole that we don't have to go down. I made plans. I had made plans from today on. Mm-hmm. From yes, from game five on. I had made semi plans. for T- today? Today was flexible. <laughs> today was a flexible plan day. Because I was like, right. I wouldn't be shocked if they lost that one. But it's like, game seven was off the board. Game yep. seven was off the board. I was going to have to watch that one late. Um, and look, if you're an objective observer... Maybe you're like, yeah, maybe you were probably scared a little bit and they shouldn't have blown last game, but they stepped up and won a really important game on the road that just shows how good the Celtics are and why people have believed in them all season long. Very grateful for that. Some more post-game. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead, Jake. Well, well, yeah, easy to be objective and whatever when you don't care as much as, as we do. And it's yeah. just hard when you're in the in the in the in the thralls of the playoffs. Like once you get past game four, like the, for me personally, like the like the like the like the X's and O's and analysis and stuff gets really difficult. It's just like, please, orange ball, go in, and please, orange <laughs> ball, don't go in. Like that's what it starts getting coming down to, and then well, it's really it's tough. And I think, you know, most people listening to this show, this is the Celtics pod that you've gravitated towards. Jake, I'm sure you're the same. Like, my wife is out there somewhere being like, please, Celtics win. I want my <laughs> husband to be, like, happy tonight and helpful got, and productive yeah, he's in got, our family yeah, dynamic. He, yeah. He gets three extra days off to hang out with me and the family if the Celtics yeah. wrap this up in five. With a general <laughs> cheery disposition as well. Uh, Jordan in the chat says that the Banner 18 boogie is back, which is what I will be doing, uh, looking at that immediately after this podcast is over, which is soon because we're completely off the rails here, Jake. A couple of post-game <laughs> yeah. quotes that have come out on Twitter here. So Al Horford said, we don't close this game without Grant Williams doing what he did, which we talked about Facts. and we agree with. Joe Mazzulla on the fourth quarter execution, definitely different than game five, end of quote, but he also credited Smart uh, for getting the Celtics organized and making the right play, which I would completely agree with. And there was one more from Jalen Brown said he used to be a seven-year-old in the nosebleeds <laughs> watching games here. He said there could have been a seven-year-old tonight doing the same thing. Quote, my message to him is good luck. I'll be waiting. Which mathematically, as far as like NBA career ages, it doesn't it doesn't add up, Jalen. Yeah, but I look, I appreciate the go on. I'm surprised you didn't make the connection to does that mean that he's leaving for Atlanta? Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. no, we can't do that. That's not what this podcast <laughs> is about. Oh, I'll be waiting for uh, you in Boston. End of quote. Those yeah, those those quotes are are good. Those quotes are confident. Um Never in doubt is is what I'm hearing from from these guys. And look, mm-hmm. maybe this team, yeah, the, the offensive execution was much better, right? This team with a lead may as well be the fucking Illawarra Hawks, which is like <laughs> the regional Australian NBL team. Mm-hmm. This team down or tight is the 95 Bulls. Like the execution down the stretch today, why did we not worry about the pace? Maybe it was because they were just not, they were like making a focus to nail the pace. Or was it because there was urgency? Because if they didn't, they were going to fucking lose. Hmm. Versus last game where they're up 12 with five minutes to go and they feel comfortable. Yep. It's like the microcosm and the zoom out of this team seems to be like they need this like fire to be lit underneath them for whatever reason. And I don't know if it's just them. Like I'm sure Bucks fans would argue that like maybe it's a, it's a symptom of of their team as well, but it feels like definitely more of a Celtics problem. Um, 
Yeah. If I had to like put my house on what the reason for that is, it's because the leader of your team is 25 and like barely 25 and your yes. your 1A is 26. And you were talking about it during the playback stream, playback.tv slash first of the floor, sign up if you haven't already, Jake, about how- um, you know, most guys, I think you were talking about it through the, through the lens of Jimmy Butler. Like it yeah. wasn't until Jimmy was like 28 until he sort of became like Himmy Butler as we know him mm-hmm. today. Jordan, obviously, you know, a stretch yep. to use him in any comparison, didn't win a championship until he was 27. Like it's sort of like that 27 year age, uh, year old sort of threshold that you become like who you are and who, who you will be remembered as, as an NBA, you know, impact player. And we've got this guy leading the team who's 25 and he's been great. He's been fantastic and he's been pretty consistent as far as like going into a you know, um, a postseason stretch throughout his career thus far. And yes, he's had a lot of help, but he's been pretty reliable in the postseason. And yet, like there are going to be these sort of symptomatic side effects, if you will, because like, <laughs> you know, it just he is that young, you know. And so it's not like there's going to be, yes, there's a great roster. And yes, they've been productive in the postseason. And it's like padded with maturity because it's not. Because he's a leader and he's fucking twenty five and that's crazy young. Um, you know, it, it's yeah. it's 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 so hard to reconcile because he's him and Jalen have just had so much success from a playoff perspective from such a young age. It's just so rare. It's like Kobe was by one of these other guys, but like he had prime Shaq. Like Shaq was prime. It wasn't like like if you want to do the, the Tatum Kobe thing. Then sure, like Kobe, look, oh, Kobe had the mama mentality at that part of his career. I love Jalen Brown. He was not prime Shaq. Shaq literally- not. <laughs> Shaq was making people quit fantasy basketball because it was not fun. Mm. Because if whoever had Shaq on his team, it was it, like, you know what I mean? Yes. It's unfair. <laughs> like, I, 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 I hope if Jalen heard this, he would understand- where I'm coming from, they're like- Oh, he'll hear this. Don't worry. That, yeah, exactly, right? I'm sure this is the first thing. They're like prime Shaq putting up like 30 and 15 series upon series upon series, no matter who it is. Like it's, just, it's a different comparison for Kobe. He was young and like didn't have to be the guy. As good as his roster is, you kind of go as far as your best player can take you. And like I went back and looked at the Jimmy Butler stuff. Like go back and, you know, like um, the year before Tatum- came into the league, Celtics played the Bulls. Tell me the Jimmy Butler memory from that series. There wasn't really one. Mm -hmm. And he was 27 at that point. He did not become this guy. He didn't know he was not this guy until he was like 29, 30. And and so it's just hard to reconcile because we need, we want, like, is it enough? Like, is this version of Tatum enough with this roster? To get it done, and it's just no one knows. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he learned from the last game, but it was certainly like, yeah, yeah. The education, the syllabus for for Tatum has been much more packed in, much more condensed early in his career, and that maybe that's where you can make the argument that like Tatum's got to learn sooner. And like, I don't know, maybe we need to stop there because like he was incredible tonight. So you can't really criticize the guy, um, at least in a vacuum, with this game. Jake, let's wrap up with this. Who was the MVP of this series? Because I don't think there's a necessarily obvious answer to that question. And folks in the chat, Eric Weiss, like, let us know what you think. And, and Jordan and, and Michael and everyone, let Z us know Gamer. your thoughts. MVP, yeah, Z Gamer, of course. Uh, goat fan of the show. Um, the MVP of the series, like, 
Okay, so let me let me say this. Well, let me ask Question. you this: Who was the leader across all six games in plus minus in this series for the Celtics? Who would you think that it was? I was just going to default to Tatum, just because it always is Tatum. But uh, I don't know. It was Al Horford, a plus ah, ten plus. throughout the series. Tatum was second, a plus five point seven. Brogdon a five. Jalen Brown four point three, and it kind of all descends from there. Yeah. But. Uh, I also don't know that I'd necessarily give Al Horford the yeah. MVP. Uh, <laughs> I'm trying to butter up Zeke Gamer. Absolutely. Always. <laughs> um, I don't know if, if I necessarily give Al Horford the MVP of the series. I would have maybe Derek White. Um, I, I don't know. So I'm, hard. This, this is, but this is a microcosm of this team. Mm. Like you, you maybe you would, you want to say Tatum because he came through today, but Marcus Smart was the reason they won game four. Like he was incredible in that stretch. Or was it, you know, Jalen Brown, you know, for stepping up also in, in game four or Derek White because he was playing at like an all NBA level in games one and two. Like, I think you could argue for Derek White, but today he was not, he was not good. I think you got to give it to Tatum, right? 27 points on the series, 10 rebounds, exactly 5.3 assists, like just pretty consistently solid and you know i think that his bad moments are magnified because of our expectations as fans but you, you can't really argue like 35 percent from three on 10 attempts not great not terrible but just sort of consistent i want to go i'm gonna go line. smart i'm gonna go smart. smart i'm gonna go smart just because i think that he stepped up in like winning time Mm-hmm. And I think a reinforced, like I think a question facing this team and fans and probably Joe Mazzula is like, what are we doing with crunch time? Because it doesn't feel solid. Literally outside of Jalen and Jason, you it has kind of felt like you can mix and match who's closing. But I, I feel like, and even today, there was like that stretch where Marcus missed those two threes in the game four and game four. Five, he fouled Trey Young like at half court, whether it was a foul or not, but he, he made that decision. But I still try, I, I want Marcus Smart out there in, in winning time. I want Marcus Smart out there in winning time. So mm-hmm. I'm giving it to Marcus Smart. I think that's fair. Um, and just, you know, to probably going to attribute something to Brad Stevens in, in that it's so difficult <laughs> to actually give this award out to an individual. Maybe it's the guy that assembled the team where like everyone had highs and lows. Everyone, it was really a team effort to, to pull this series out. Obviously, we can't give the most valuable player to an executive, but it's, it's difficult not to, to tip the cap well, so to Brad Stevens. So you're going with Tatum there? So, I mean, look, Brad Stevens deserves... Well, Z Gamer very rightfully just called me out no, of the no, chat no. and said that Tatum had three games where he shot below 41%, which is absolutely <laughs> true. I'm a, I'm a victim of the moment. <laughs> but he was doing a lot of... This is the thing, though, though, with Tatum, is that if he's staying engaged, the other end and the rebounding and the playmaking and the gravity still has an impact. And even though, like, visually, it can be so viscerally like your body's just like reacting to some of the shit mm-hmm. but like it's just something makes it hard to ignore some of the other stuff i want to go back to al horford almost who was third in the team in minutes al horford for the series mm-hmm. like that's a he was out there he was out there man this hawks team gave it to us huh i respect the shit out of them stressful this. so Jesus. stressful 
And we were so happy to get the Hawks. Remember, remember the good times up to him. But I mean, would you have rather gotten the Heat? No, God no. And I think I stand by yeah. it. Of course. No exactly. question. Disaster. So, and I was wrong about. I do. I do think if it was flipped, this would not have happened the way that the world is existing right now. But that's how the universe works. We'll never so know. happy with so happy with just not knowing, right? No, not having to go hundred percent. Give me this over whatever would have happened. No question. Yeah, Celtics in six is a lot better than Heat uh, against the Bucks in, in five. X. Any, any oh closing thoughts? Like, do you want to give give a, a quick rundown on on Philly? Obviously, we're going to do the big Philly pod. We're yeah. going to bring Spoonie in. We're going to bring the other guys in and do the full breakdown. Um, any just, any parting thoughts, Jake? Before we wrap, just up? just broadly, like I think we haven't been on since. Milwaukee went down and like as much as we both enjoyed the funeral that was the Bucks yesterday. Um, couldn't I, really I enjoy it though. I couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't enjoy it properly. I could not enjoy it properly because I was like, all I can see is the same thing happening tomorrow. Um, mm-hmm. How can you not? Um, but this is crazy and it makes it even, it's, it's right there. As, as, Incredible as the Heat were, one, the Celtics deserve more credit for beating the Heat in the conference finals. Like, retroactively, everybody was like, that game, that series should have been over in five or six. But if you watch what happened this year with a worse roster, no PJ Tucker, which sounds crazy, but like Eric Spolstra and Jimmy Butler turned these cold players into diamonds mm-hmm. like missing pj tucker the fact that and bill simmons was on this the fact that the the Cavs let kevin love go they don't win this like kevin love was huge sure um i don't want to just like start breaking down the the heat series but like the fact that the it's, Celtics, it's a big deal they won as the road team against the heat you go back marcus smart missed game one al Horford missed game one in a game they're up 20 at like half time and they collapsed but because that's what they do, but partly because they'd come off that box series with no rest going into Miami and Horford and Marcus missed that game and they have to come back from there. Like now you have the context of like this Jimmy Butler guy. Mm-hmm. He can drop 56 on you. He dropped 46 in the garden. We thought that was a big deal. 56 all time shit. If we, and again, not to get ahead of ourselves, if we do take care of the sixes, which I think we will, uh, touch wood. pretty heavily favored. Which is, Who again, would you prefer to face in the conference finals? The Knicks or the Heat? Heat. Heat. Even with the, everything we've just said? Yes. Yes, because the devil I know. Give me the devil I know. Yeah. Give me I the devil I know. I don't think, I think it would be... Fair. I know both series would be tough. I love the Celtics... And what's made this whole NBA season so distinct is that there are no great teams. There are no clear-cut great teams. Look at anywhere. We're gonna, the Warriors are making the finals, by the way, so we'll, we'll deal with that at a later date. Can't go there. Can't go there right now. <laughs> but I look, the Knicks, the Knicks present their own challenge. I would just prefer to give me, like, if that happens, give me Jimmy Butler after what he's gone through and what this Heat team has gone through to get to the conference finals. Give me this Celtics team at this point. Like, yeah, we've struggled against the Knicks. Like, if it was a team that we had, like, historically matched up well against, but, like, the Knicks are an issue for us as well. So, give me the devil I know 
We did it last year against a better Heat team. And this is a better Celtics team. Yeah. I agree. Tyler Hero out <laughs> you know, indefinitely as well. Not that. It doesn't matter, matters. dude. It doesn't matter yeah. at all. Black magic doesn't matter. <laughs> all right. Let's close the book on this whole Hawks situation. Right, Jake? It's over. We got through it. We got through it as fans, as podcasters. and Yeah, never in doubt. All right. That's going to do it for this one. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll be back with the big, fat Philly series preview pod in a couple of days. In the meantime, we're going to bask in the glow of sweet, sweet victory. If you're a fan of the show, please like, subscribe, comment, share. All that good stuff really helps us out with the algorithm and all that good stuff. Jake Eisenberg, love your work, mate. Until next time, go Celtics. Celtics.